Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, since it is Thanksgiving weekend here in the U.S., a lot of people have been talking about what they had for their Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to you uh, that I had a, just a wonderful, uh, just traditional uh, Thanksgiving feast with my family. Uh, my mom made a fantastic turkey, and we had, you know, dressing and, and gravy and just like, you know, all kinds of different casseroles and stuff. It was amazing. And it reminds me when you start talking to people about the topic of food, um, you know, I have many great friends who are vegetarians, and they have been vegetarians in many cases for decades, and uh, they seem perfectly healthy. It's not like you have to eat meat in order to be healthy. Um, and, you know, even though I am not a vegetarian and I do eat meat, um, look, I I have to admit uh, eat, eating animals is gross, isn't it? Um, these days, though, it's so easy to eat an animal without thinking about what you're doing uh, because we have this system in place, this industrialized system that sort of sanitizes the process and hides it from the consumer's eyes. And so that's why, you know, when you sit down and you eat a hot ham and Swiss sandwich, you, you it usually never crosses your mind Oh, there, there's a pig in here. You know, there's a big stinky pig in here. You, you don't even think about it anymore. And uh, I'm sure that back in the old days, when people had to slaughter their own animals, uh, they were much more aware of what they were actually putting into their bodies. But that was also a time when they needed to survive more because there were less uh, prepackaged resources around. So anyway... Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get the whole idea that you know, eating animals feels wrong on a lot of different levels. But that said, I always have to remind my vegetarian friends, and some would say tease them, but I'm, I'm serious about this, that I believe plants feel pain too, and it may not be as gross to kill a plant and eat it, but I think if you're one of those people who says, I don't want to eat meat because I don't want to hurt animals, you should also think more about the fact that plants are living things, and I believe that all living things can can feel pain and discomfort. Um, you know, there was a scientist named Cleve Baxter who made a lot of headlines for this back in the day. He's no longer with us, but he was a CIA polygraph operator. And he, I guess back probably in like maybe the 50s or 60s, I want to say, he started uh, doing experiments hooking polygraph-type devices up to plants and finding all these reactions that you would get from the plants, these signals of stress similar to what you would get from a lying person, when you cut the leaf or burned the leaf of a plant or, uh, in some cases, even threatened it. And uh, he made a lot of headlines for his work, and there's always been a lot of controversy around it. But I myself have done experiments like Cleve Baxter's experiments. And, uh, in fact, it's a long story. I could get into great detail 
that I was able to reproduce a lot of the things that he talked about, taking different types of very sensitive biofeedback devices and hooking them up to plants and uh, seeing the plants flip out when you're going to hurt them in some way. Or, or like if you've taken a cigarette lighter and you hold it up to the leaf of a plant and you burn it just for a second, that plant is going to go bananas. You're going to get all kinds of electrical impulses. And then if you come back five minutes later and you just flick that lighter and get that flame in, you know, in near it, you'll see the same reaction, even though you're not burning it. It's like, it's like the plant has learned what this is and, and, and knows what's coming. And you know what's funny? We have this tendency to think, well, we are much more complex than plants. We are more advanced because we have a brain and a particular type of nervous system and all that. But what if it's just the opposite? Maybe we're kind of like the clumsy, sloppy design, and what we would all love is to live with the harmony that plants live, where they can just sit there quietly for the most part in um, in a nice sort of symbiotic relationship with with all the natural elements around them. Maybe they're even more advanced and even more perceptive than we are. This is something that Cleve Baxter even referred to as primary perception, that all living things have some type of sort of initial uh, ability to feel things on some level. And I know it's really easy for you to look at uh, a plant and, and say, well, but if it doesn't have a brain, eh, you know, if it doesn't have a, a spinal column, it doesn't have a, how can it feel pain? Well, let me just tell you, as a guy who does a lot of snorkeling and scuba diving, uh, especially in the Caribbean, I see all kinds of creatures like jellyfish and sponges and sea cucumbers and even clams and stuff like that. They, they don't look like much. But they're alive. They are reacting to everything that's around them. They can hunt for food and kill it. Um, and in fact, some plants, if you're going to consider movement and all this, some plants move more than some of these creatures in the sea. Like a sponge just pretty much kind of sits there. Look at a Venus flytrap. Boom, it can snap those jaws shut. It actually, you know, the Venus flytrap reacts more like an animal than some of the things that we consider part of the animal kingdom. Um, and so it's very important for you to have this sort of uh, open mind about the reality of the relationship between plants and animals and living things in general. And there have been, uh, sure, there have been scientists out there who've said, like, look, we've tried to reproduce these experiments, and uh, we just can't reliably do it, and so there's just no evidence that a plant can feel anything. Well, for one thing, listen, you can find a scientist out there that will tell you whatever you want to hear, if you really want to hear it badly enough. For many, many years, scientists, including medical doctors, were telling us that, yeah, cigarette smoking is great. They would even, you'd have a, a scientist <laughs> on, the, on the commercial, smoking the cigarette, and, and come to find out years later, oh, well, guess who's paying all of these scientists? Cigarette makers. So 
Uh, and then, and then, of course, you have people who are like, "Well, but MythBusters did an episode, and they weren't able to prove that plants could feel things." Well, for one thing, look, I love MythBusters. I'm as big of a MythBusters fan as you're ever going to find. But I also know, and I even believe those guys would admit to you, that you can never actually equate a television show with real scientific research, even if it looks like it is. It's, it never can be. A television show is for entertainment purposes. And I think they have always done the best that they could. But many of their experiments have been flawed because they're just, you know, put into a tight schedule and to like, come, you hurry, come up with an answer. Is it, is, it, is it plausible or is it possible or bust? Like, you know, you just come up with an answer, move on. We got a deadline, like, these guys have to get paid on, on this union scale, and they can only work so many hours a day, and we we got to knock this out and move on. So don't ever think anything you see on a show, uh, especially a show like Mythbusters, which is so competent at making everything look scientific, actually can be considered a scientific result. That's why there have been a number of cases where things that have been determined on Mythbusters, uh, they've had to go back and re-examine and say, okay, we were wrong, you know, and then they find a different result. So let's put all this kind of stuff aside. And there are plenty of anecdotal stories out there. Like, for example, I was reading just the other day um, about scientists who are saying not only do plants have feelings, but uh, it's very easy to see that some remember things uh, like, for example, in Puerto Rico, um, there's a plant called the mimosa. I'm sure they're all over the place, but they thrive in Puerto Rico and they kind of look like little ferns. And the cool thing about them is they're kind of like a Venus flytrap. So if you just touch one, all of their little leaves just immediately scrunch up and close. Some people actually call them tickle me plants because it's like you give them a little tickle and they go whoop and they close up and it's really cool. And then, you know, hours later they'll, they'll have opened back up again. So I was reading a story about somebody who was uh, experimenting with the, the little mimosa plants and they were saying that um, they would drop one and when it would fall and hit the ground, it would close up. And then after it opened, they'd pick it up and they'd drop it again. And it'd fall, it hit the ground, and it'd close up. But after you do this a few times, it stops closing up. Because it sort of apparently remembers, oh, well, there's no need to close up when this happens because this is not actually a, a dangerous thing. And how, however, if you take it and you give it a new exper experience, like you just sit down and stroke it a certain way, it'll close up again. So it's not like it just gets tired of closing up. It's like it's able to distinguish when it's necessary to close up because it's learning about what is actually a threat and what's not, and then it also is remembering what it learned. So look, however you feel about these things, I, I life really does seem too short sometimes to me because I have a long list of experiments that I still want to do in my life. And I've just been saying for the longest time, I want to get back to experimenting with plants. I want to take what Cleve Baxter was doing, and I want to take it to some other new level. 
And this is one of my goals. I'm, I'm, I'm over the next year or two. I'm planning on getting serious about this. But you've got to have a really stable environment where you're going to be around on a pretty regular basis in order to collect the data to do this. But this is one of my goals: is to try to do a very serious plant study, because to me, to me, from my own experiences and my own experiments and just my own sense of what it is to be a living thing. To me, it seems very clear to me that plants feel pain, that plants feel all kinds of things that we would like to think are only in the realm of us superior beings, us superior humans. And I guess when it comes to what we eat, it kind of leaves you with this reality. It doesn't matter if you're eating plants or animals. You're hurting whatever you eat. You got to eat something. But I don't think it necessarily, you know, makes one person superior to another because they're eating plants or animals or whatever. You hear people argue about that all the time. No, they're 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 all living things. And I believe that if you are a vegetarian and if you are fine god bless you but if you're a vegetarian and you are ignoring the fact or not even uh sensing the fact that plants can feel pain when you cut them and eat them well to me that's very similar to uh somebody who's a meat eater ignoring the fact that that material on their ham, hot ham and Swiss sandwich is a pig that got raised and slaughtered out there. So um, you can't just turn a blind eye to where your food comes from. And, the, and it's, you know, it's a part of life that we are here to consume things in order for us to live. That's what happens throughout the entire plethora of natural life you know it's just like you can't live without killing something and consuming it and eating it and uh, I really think that we we do a disservice to our understanding of plants and frankly to plants themselves by being so dismissive sometimes that plants also have feelings and for all we know they feel even more than we do because they're even more in touch with the environment that we are. So take from that what you will, but I hope either way you'll stay tuned as I start to report some of my experiments to you regarding plants that I expect to be doing in the near future. All right, I hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend. Hard to believe it's almost over. Very soon I will be traveling, and uh, then you'll be getting all kinds of interesting little uh little podcast as I'm hitting the road and exploring some new things. That's going to be fun for all of us. Remember now, uh, this is called Joshua P. Warren Daily because I record one every day. They're always short. They're always free. And if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find all kinds of cool stuff there, interesting pictures and videos. But also you can click the link to the Joshua P. Warren Daily podcast, subscribe in various ways, or follow me on Twitter to be alerted when a new one is posted. So, hope you're, uh, again, enjoying yourself this weekend. Thank you for listening. Thanks for staying curious. 
and I will talk to you again soon.